Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 43 of Amateur Hour. Thank you very much for being here with us today. We have some highs. We have some lows. We have some teams that are doing well, some teams that are doing not so well in the NFL and the NBA. And we have a lot to talk about today. We have some vomit. We have some Thanksgiving. This is our essentially our Thanksgiving episode. I hope that everybody had a fantastic holiday, that you got to see your family, friends, or just eat some good food. Shrey, it's good to have you here. Let's let's talk about stuff. The weekly highs. Let's do that. So let's talk. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, let, start let's, let's. That's let, why we're here. Do we do we want to talk about stuff, Max? Um. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Shrey, uh, did you have a good, you know, holiday season? Man, I love this time of year, Max. I love just. I don't know. It's like. The sports around this time, you get you get enough time to watch everything. Mm, right? When yeah. there's like a normal work week, you're like, oh man, I gotta if I'm if I'm trying to watch like the 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 two games on ESPN or <laughs> some like at eight thirty starts at like eight thirty. There's the game's it, ending it, until yeah. like midnight, and then you're like, oh, I gotta go to work th- work the next day. You're like, ugh. It's a but job like, after your job, right? If you want to stay sure. informed in the sports world and like you want to actually like watch the game to properly analyze, yeah, you gotta you gotta like <laughs> take take a sip of coffee and get ready to go. For real, for real, and it's not it's not even just that. It's like yeah, you watch the game, but you're right. It's the analysis part. You're like, oh, okay, who did well? Like, what does this mean in the grand picture? Like, if you're doing any sort of like conversational aspect to the sport is like oh my gosh like that's one thing watching the game is another thing like this is a lot but around this time like you know this thanksgiving break time and then the you know in a couple months we'll be getting into like the christmas holiday season and new years and stuff and you get a nice break there too hopefully if, if you're working it's just good to relax watch some sports be with family eat some great yeah. food Anything yeah. where you can eat food that you normally wouldn't eat and just kind of gorge, I'm all for it. I'm all for yeah. it. That is like like that is like the full like American experience. It's like eating stuff that will make your your stomach almost pop. Eating and drinking <laughs> so much that you get physically tired and have to go sit down. Yeah. yeah, any any holiday where you get fatigued from not doing exercise is a is a holiday for, for the American public. <laughs> Oh man, I, I had a good holiday, but I, I'm just so full. How many times, like during the holidays, do you hear, "Oh, I'm so full"? Like, oh yeah, everybody is. Come on, unbelievable! It's <laughs> it, it's like the first thing that comes up. Oh yeah, yeah. But people keep eating, you know. And then, okay, the the worst. It's not bad, no. But like the part for me that really gets me is like, wow, we just ate this whole turkey dinner right we just had a freaking 28 pound bird for x amount of people we just had the mashed potatoes the stuffing the cranberry sauce then we had a couple beers with it too and then dessert comes out 
that right there is the kicker for me because you're like, oh man, I'm 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 pretty satiated, I'm pretty good, but I'm like you know dummy full, and then dessert comes out, and you're like, well. I'm not going to say no to apple and pumpkin pie with a mm. scoop of ice cream on the side. Mm. Like, I'm just not going to. And mm. then you eat it and then, well, then you feel gross. Well, it's all about spacing it out for me. It's like, okay, what if I eat, if we eat early enough, right, mm. in the day, then hopefully I, I can find a second wind like maybe two or like two hours later. And then I can eat and then, you know, we can reheat everything eat it again and then get ready for dessert and by that time like it feels like a normal day where i don't get exercise rather than oh i just ate everything in a 30 minute span and i'm probably not going to be okay for the next two days <laughs> like you know what i mean like <laughs> okay so hey, you're 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 doing the marathon strategy when a you little start bit. your thanksgiving dinner you're, you're like all right i'm gonna start eating significantly at like 10 a.m space oh, no. it out no 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 not 10 a.m more like more like noon more like noon, oh, one o'clock. Okay. Then if I can eat a good amount, right? And then say I can pick back up around like 4.35 in time for like the second football game. Mm. Okay. Then I'll be like, okay, this will be kind of like a really early dinner. And then, you know, dessert just makes sense afterwards. Oh, so like, okay. like I just got to like trick my mind because I'm not like the best eater in the world, but I'll eat if it's like time to eat so like if i could trick my mind to thinking it's like a normal day of eating even though i haven't done any exercise or any work all day mm. then i can like i can power through the day i can power through that day of eating i can do okay it. Yeah. i hear you okay well cool good stuff so that's a great personal high again hope everybody had a great holiday season uh that your relatives didn't talk about too many hot button or contentious topics uh, <laughs> and that everybody was able to get along. What about what about sports? Yeah, man, Giannis had one of the greatest games I've seen in recent history. And I don't know if people are talking about it much, but I know I've seen some outlets really pick it up in terms of stats and info and stuff. And he had a game against Orlando where he had 32-20 rebounds, and five assists, and he only played 30 minutes in the game. And it's the it's the quickest 30-25 game in NBA history since they started tracking assists in 1951. And it is the shortest time for a 30-25 game in under 35 minutes. The last time it was done was 1959 so i don't know man this guy's just on a a torrid streak right now he had 47 uh, you know uh the other day and then now he has this game it doesn't matter who you put in front of him he's just gonna dominate and this is the this is it's the perfect league rules for him he it's the paint center guy we've talked about this the rules if you want to get to the foul line, if you want to dominate, you better make either better make your shots or get get to the get to the rim. And mm. he does both. And he's he's shooting free throws at a at a better rate, it feels like, on a day-to-day basis than he did last year and you know, years prior. So right. you know, this this could be as much as we've seen the height of Giannis, this could potentially be a step up 
And that's that's scary for the Which, league to that's, see. That's scary for the league to see because this man is already the apex of his <laughs> of of everything. I mean, God, it's insane. This is two time MVP, two time MVP. I and, and he's you know. and he's improving. NBA champion, yeah. I, I, I mean, do you think looking at Giannis with that, and then just looking at you know the really solid Bucks team, are they going mm-hmm. for a repeat? They could. They could. They they got to get healthy, right? Like they right. need. Yeah, they need Brooke Lopez. I really like what Bobby Portis has been bringing. Dude, Bobby Portis, my man, my man, Bobby. <laughs> he had an exceptional game uh, with Giannis when he had the 32, 20 and five game. I think he had 20 and 15, roughly around that, roughly around great, that area. Great stat line. So like for a role player to step up like that, like you got to have guys to step up like that when, you know, Middleton is still getting back into the swing of things after after having the experience with covid and right. you don't have divincenzo holiday's not playing particularly great right now uh i wonder if he's still hampered by the the injuries that he was having earlier in the season mm. and yeah, he can't yeah I, I think he came back kind of quick yeah it felt like it it felt like it definitely but you know if you can have portis and and you don't have brooke lopez too right he in back injuries for really tall guys is always scary like it's tough to rehab if you have a back injury. Yeah. Uh, call Serge Ibaka for more information. <laughs> so who is now? Who is now in? <laughs> oh, I just I read this the other day. So Serge Ibaka, who is also an NBA champion, yeah. uh, he was on the 2019 Toronto Raptors team, went to the LA Clippers, got injured, and is now after coming back, they kicked him down to their G League affiliate. Yeah, he did it. He did a little spin in the G League. I, I like wow like this is an nba champion a couple years ago who is now in the g league I, it's they're only doing it so that he can like get back on track and like recover from his injuries and get his stride and not cost the team games you know in a sense like that's their logic but right. still weird to see yeah it's weird because like you never even though nba players rehab like it feels like they don't really use the minor league approach for rehab like baseball does when they you know when chris sale is coming back from a huge injury and he torches some like 19 year old kids at in in double a and triple a it's not the same it's not like lebron is coming back from his back injury and then he goes (laughs) and dunks on dunks on like I don't know, like whoever's coming into the draft from the G League next year. Like he's not doing that, right? He's just coming straight back into the league. So it is kind of weird seeing like a decade year veteran do even like a couple games in the G League just to like rehab. But Mm. I mean, hey, whatever works for the whatever works for the Clippers. That guy, that guy, especially I tell you, back injuries. You're seven feet or taller, and you you get a back injury. Porzingis, Brooke Lopez, Ibaka. You know yeah. what I mean? Steven Adams, like, like it's just tough. You're that yeah. tall and it, you have a lot of back. That's, that's a lot of back. Well, so much Trey, back. speaking, speaking of tough, uh, I want to, I want to bring us to the lows. Yeah. <laughs> the lows. So <laughs> things in the sports world, things are just, they just are bad and they're bad going to worse for the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I did pick up in my, my rankings this year. Uh, thank God. Thank God. I just, uh, it's around the same time as Giannis's incredible performance, uh, there, the Jazz Kings game was delayed 
as one of the fans sitting courtside vomited all over the court. <laughs> the game was delayed for 15 minutes as they cleaned it up. Jazz players had to evacuate, and the whole stadium was just kind of like, ah! Like, what is going on? <laughs> Quinn Snyder, the jazz coach, uh, said that the fan was apparently poking fun at him. Uh, and as he evacuated, you know, they had a much better fourth quarter. Uh, Rudy Gobert, and here's a quote um, from uh, Mr. Rudy. Uh, Life is full of surprises. I hope he's okay. I can't have made eye contact with him, too. He was smiling, smiling and throwing up at the same time. So... Apparently the fans got a lot going I think, on. I, th- I think that's a. I think that's a from the transcript of Ratatouille too, right? <laughs> oh no, this rat is vomiting and smiling. What in the world? <laughs> like they asked Donovan Mitchell, he goes, "I can't even lie. I was just focused on getting out of the way. I didn't pay attention to anybody else. Just no parts. I wanted no parts of it." <laughs> Unquote. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's really. It's just like a strange thing, you know. When you see fans, you know, do things, it's typically like in a bad way where they're right. like, you know, touching an NBA player and getting escorted out. Yeah, you know, like that guy at the Lakers game who hit Rondo. Like, you just, you don't do that. This right. guy, I don't know. It doesn't really say whether he was, like, sick or too drunk. Uh, Might have been. He had a couple too many beers, especially if he was smiling. You uh, definitely, you definitely, uh, I feel like he's got to feel that secondhand embarrassment after all these columns are picking it up and show, showing videos and stuff on Twitter and <laughs> Uh, he's a little bit of a national story yeah so <laughs> the kings oh but 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 that that's not all oh it's not all that's not all the kings a few days after fired their head coach luke walton mama like literally just gone now we oh, saw no, the next walton day up. max it's literally the next day yeah yeah okay so the next day they're like oh no we lost <laughs> <Surprise. again." laughs> Yeah, the Kings are just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to you know, think about them. They're just in a bad place. Uh, Buddy Heald is not performing. Halliburton is putting up decent numbers, but to me, he's not as, I, again, it's a sophomore slump. I think he's still going to be a great talent, but he's just not as effective as he was last year. Um, you know, just, just the team as a whole is just kind of a dumpster fire. They're not doing well. They're losing mm-hmm. games. You know, obviously you have Harrison Barnes being clutched at the beginning of the season. Like, uh, it's just, I don't know. So they have Alvin Gentry stepping in as their uh, interim coach, but I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's going to really fix any of the problems that they have, but yeah. Mm. For me, if you're, if, if you're asking me what, what's been the, the difference for the Kings, they felt like, okay, last year they're bad, but I felt like they might be a little bit of rise, but this year it's been, I, to me, De'Aaron Fox has, has taken a step back this year and, He's not shooting well. He's not facilitating well. It just seems like he's not, I don't know. Like he's, he's not as good as he was last year. And last year he was a 20 plus point per game scorers, six, seven assists. You know, he was having nights where he'd get like, you know, 30, 35 points, 10 assists. Like you, like you, you'd be like, wow, this guy's like coming up. He's just not shooting well this year. I think Halliburton has been, has been pretty good, but the other thing is they have Holmes. Holmes is good, but they don't have a guy next to him, right? They're kind of moving pieces in and out. Like they've been using Chemezi Metu and Mo Harkless because they don't want to play Bagley. 
Like, like they just took him out of the rotation. Like, who knows if he makes that, it back? That now. also to me, that also to me is crazy. Yeah. That like this is a guy who you know you're having issues with because he's always hurt, right? Yeah. But there's still some stands for Marvin Bagley. There are still some people who are like he could be a good player, and the fact that he's just not being played is wild. He got four minutes in like the third game of the season, and then that was it. He's just not playing. He's not injured currently. He's mm-hmm. just not playing. And on a team where you're riding the struggle bus like nobody's business, it doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't just explore options. I, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else, but if yeah. I was theoretically the GM or the coach, I'd be like, all right, we got to give this guy a shot. Before, I, I, Maybe the only reason that they're not is because they're so afraid of the injury and they're trying to unload him this season that they're just keeping him on the bench. But that doesn't help his stock value. But maybe they're like, oh, we'd rather get a pick versus nothing. I'm not sure what their yeah. thought process is. Well, he's only 22 as well. So it's like, I don't know. He's younger than us. Yeah, it's a bad. It, <laughs> it, ba- it was a bad pick uh, as, you know, hindsight 2020 bad pick, right? Especially they could have picked Luca, Luca or Trey Young. Right, like they could add any of those guys, and uh, Vladi picked Marvin Bagley, and you know, doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down on why he uh, will be a better player than Luka Doncic. But <laughs> hey, guys, I still <laughs> believe that uh, he's going to be better. Okay. Yeah, and he's doing no. that from his house uh, uh, without a job. <laughs> guys, I'm homeless. I need money, please. <laughs> Can I come back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say they should, um, they should have him coach and be like, they "All right, yeah, yeah. go, go, coach Bagley, dude, come back." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's like you a dog him, you who like him. makes a mess. They're like, "Look, look at what you've done." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it's just bad for the Kings. But let's talk, Shreyas, I, I want to change gears, and I want to dive right into the meat and the potatoes, which I had too much of over Thanksgiving. And I mm. want to talk about a couple teams. Let's just stick with basketball for now. Let's talk about a team that is winning that, just like the Suns last year, I don't think many people saw them doing as well as they are. That team, drumroll please, is straight out of the capital of the United States, the Washington Wizards. Mm. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Incredible start to the season. Great use of their role players. A cohesive unit. They look like they're having fun. Their superstars are performing well, and their role players are just doing a great job. They feel like they're being coached well. They're efficient. They're shooting well. Their defense is solid, and their record reflects all of that. They look great. Mm. They're 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 way more cohesive than I thought they'd be. I thought, you know, Bradley I, Beal losing Westbrook, you know, they don't have that second guy, so it's going to be tough to get out of the East when they have so many, you know, really good like superstar duos. But you know, Bradley Beal for for the flack I kind of give him for kind of being that like a little bit more ball hoggy this year and not getting the calls that he normally would. He's been playing well of late, but I think it's all about kind of that depth that they have, right? Like, you know, Bradley Bale's going to score his 20 or 25, but if Dinwiddie plays well, 
you know, they have KCP. He's like a three and D guy. Gafford uh, as a big man. Kuzma has been playing. He's been rebounding really well. well. He, okay. Yeah. He started off really bad. He started off shacked in a fool. <laughs> but now he's like really solid. Yeah. He's he's averaging like too. nine rebounds a game. Huh? Like Jason last- Tatum comparisons. Where are you at? Come back. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> well, Who's it's, the it's, better player? I don't know. I don't know. But And then Harrell, right? Like, Harrell's been a revelation. Dude, like, Montrezl, the god. He's Dude, he's exactly who he was in the Clippers. Yeah, He's exactly, exactly who he was in the Clippers. It's facts. It's facts. It's facts. It's facts. Like, the Lakers misused him to the nth degree. <laughs> I knew that last year he wasn't a bad player. He just wasn't, get, wasn't getting the time or you know, like the opportunity or just the situations that he thrives in. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. Cause he picked the Lakers and I, fe- I thought the Clippers gave him a better deal. Right. And, uh, they, he, he, yeah, and he was talking, he was like, Oh, they don't want me. Which, yeah. Like, or maybe they, I think maybe the the Clippers didn't give him a deal fast enough. And he was just like, no, nah, I, I can't like, I can't come back. Even if you want, you can't me. wait for the bag. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he went to the Lakers and they just didn't use him because they were like, you know, we got to come make you come off the bench and then, you know, you'll get your minutes sometimes. But we have AD, like Dwight Howard and Dwight AD Howard. and yeah. JaVale McGee and like just so many different guys, right? That you're like, Montrezl Harrell is the better of all, like of three of those guys, like two of those guys, right? So you're like, he should be getting 25 to 30 minutes nightly. Like it's not even, it, it shouldn't even be for up to for debate. And he's showing mm-hmm. you right now, like you give him thirty minutes, he's gonna get, he's gonna give you that scrappy brand of basketball, and he's gonna get to almost every offensive rebound, and he's gonna score at a better rate than people might think for being a six eight like center. So like, I'm really impressed with how he's been playing within the confines of this team. Like, and they just have some players that that, that they know their role, and they're not kind of yelly and angry about oh like i know i should be getting more minutes or like oh like dinwiddie like score i think he had like zero points the game before right and like he's getting like maybe like two or three shots in that game and then he didn't i don't i didn't hear anything out of him and then he has 16 and four this game so it's like yeah you have bad games don't be a dick about it and go play and that's how they're playing they're playing like they're the best team in the league right now yeah yeah, and uh, or at least one of them. At least one of them. Well, yeah. I mean, eleven and five to start the season is great, especially looking at where you were last year, right? You look at the trade between the Wizards and the Lakers, and this is something that has been deliberated about a lot, right? Because people mm-hmm. are like, "Oh, well, the Lakers are getting Russell Westbrook," and a lot of you know, it's just mixed opinions, no matter which way you think about it, right? There's people who are like, oh, Russ was a great fit in Washington. At the end of the season last year, they heated up. They they made it to the play-in. They just ended up losing. Like, that was a good year, especially, again, go back another year. The Wizards, like, aren't even in the picture. Right. They're like, oh, Russ is a good fit with Brad Beal. It's time for two stars to shine. But then when one of them's out, it's kind of harder. You know, whatever the situation was. And then you look at, like, the Lakers last year. You're like, oh, you got a good team, da 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 They make the trade. Lakers give up a lot of depth. Which I thought, honestly, and I did, and I will call myself on this. I was like, oh, they made up for that with the veterans that they signed. Yeah, I agreed with you. Realistically, at the time, like we looked at it and we're like, okay, yes, they traded away the young core Caruso, 
you know, well, Caruso left. They didn't give him an offer, whatever it was. Um, but they traded away KCP, Harrell, um, you know, all these guys. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, they're, they're losing, but they're, they should be okay. But I, I think that was a mistake looking at it now. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's hard to say, make a definitive statement because we are only 15 games into the season. More now, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's trade. I mean, let's just talk about the Lakers then. What are they doing? They're just, they're not figuring it out at all. And they look like, ah, my prediction, a six seed. Yeah. It, it's a, it, it, we talk about the veterans on this team, right? They got a bunch of them. But when what they lost in that deal was consistent scoring. And, and they didn't bring back any shooting. Like they like you need you need shooting if you're gonna have James and Westbrook kind of figure out their facilit like facilitating roles with each other. Like you mm-hmm. need shooters around them, right? And they need to be consistent. They need to be like forty percent three point guys on this team. But like Malik yeah. Monk, no, not really. He's shooting thirty three percent from three this year. Kent Bazemore is shooting 28% from three this year, 32% Wayne Ellington from the field. shooting 35 Yeah. Yeah, like, they don't have guys that shoot the three. And they have guys that are, like, like ADs is that dude, right? But when you don't have guys that he can kick to, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to key in on AD. They're going to key in on LeBron. I don't really see them keying in on Russell Westbrook because he's shooting 40% from the field, and... 30% from three, but like, you know what I mean? Like he gets hot some, some days and uh, they'll have to get, they'll have to, to account for him as well. But when you don't have guys around them that are, that know their role, that can shoot, call their number when they're, you know, you know what I mean? You know, right. When, when they're, when they're up for the task, like other than THT, like who do they really have? They're waiting on Austin Reeves to heat up. Mello. Do you expect Mello to shoot 45% from three all year? Absolutely not. Absolutely probably not, right? Not. I, I no. I, I'm gonna say absolutely not. There's <laughs> yeah, just no way. There's no way. He's shooting. He, he's shooting from three, almost as good as he's shooting from the field. Like that's how good of a three point shooter he is right now. I don't expect that to continue. I don't expect that to continue. It's 44.9 percent from three right now. Field goals is 46 percent. It's so like that's 15 not, points per game. That's, that's solid. Not sustainable. No, but it's not sustainable. Exactly right. So what happens when he kind of trails off? Is LeBron going to step up? Is AD going to step up? Yes, they're capable. Yeah. But just right now with like chemistry issues and everything, it it, it it doesn't seem likely to me, to be completely honest. And the other thing is, the, it, are we in, I guess, accordance that this is still LeBron James's team? Right? Yeah. I mean, you. yeah. It's kind of hard what? to argue otherwise. Right. You have the younger Anthony Davis, right? When is he? When is it gonna be? When is it gonna be his team? Like, who's kind of like who should be the best player on this team? Should uh. it be like, like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the, actually a there's good a point. there is a guy in every team, right? Like when we had the big three in Boston, it like KG came in, Paul Pierce came in. Like had to they and Ray Allen came in. They had to like figure out whose team it really was, right? Like and KG, although he played well, kind of deferred to Paul. Like they made it Paul Pierce's team, 
mm-hmm. even though KG was like probably the best two way player on that team. Mm. Like he he is he was single handedly the best two way player on that team. He won Defensive Player of the Year too. So. Like, but when is that? Is there going to be some sort of shift with the Lakers? Like, when is that going to happen? Is that going to happen this year? It feels like there's a little bit of a struggle between Davis and LeBron James. And, like, I, I just don't, I don't know if that it can coexist where you have two guys that are that good that, like, when Dwayne Wade had to kind of give up to LeBron in Miami, even though he was that dude, like, he, he just a couple of years off of scoring 30 a game for a season. Right. He gave up to LeBron. He said, hey, dude, you know, take us to the promised land. Like, I'm going to do whatever I need. Same with Bosh. I don't know. Is, That's, is it, you're, so you're saying, Shrey, what you're calling for is the transition. I, you're I, saying now I it's wonder. time to go. LeBron is now your supporting veteran who is still, again, fantastic. For but sure. Now the spotlight is on AD. It's You wanted to be this guy. You wanted to be this guy. That's why you left New Orleans. You right. believed in yourself enough. You wanted to be the guy to have your own team to be the number one to yeah. score thirty points per game to get your ten boards and to win 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 more games. So yeah, I I agree. It's watching him play, and while he's still you know an incredible talent, he is lacking something. And I don't know. He mm-hmm. always goes back. He's like, is it mental? I'm not sure, but I agree, Shrey. I think it's time for him to step up and be like. Hey, bro, this this is me. The L.A. Lakers are A.D.'s, you know, yeah. jam. But it's also, too, you have to look at this. You know, thinking about going into the future, now that you have traded away your young core twice now over the <laughs> past couple of years, you like, how are you going to build? If you don't win the championship this year, which, in my opinion, is a little unlikely, how are you going to build? Yeah. What's going to happen next year, more importantly, in two years? You're not in a good place for it. You don't have the picks. And unless you start trading away, you know, trying to fleece people and get good deals for, you know, veterans that are going to keep getting older, you're it, it's just, it's going to be hard to like re up unless you decide to rebuild and then like get good draft picks. Yeah. And normally, right. You're, you're good. They're going to be winning games. Like that's, that's clear that they're not going to be having this team and, like it's not going to be like the first LeBron year, right? Where they get LeBron, they have LeBron, AD is like a sure bet to come in, and then they get a good pick, right? Like it, it just doesn't happen that way anymore. They're gonna they're gonna be a five six seed. They're gonna win some games in the playoffs, and then they're gonna be back to where they are with this team construction, and they don't have the young talent as any sort of chip. Or they don't have like they don't have the enticing pick that you feel like oh okay like yeah this team is good and this is kind of like a like a middling team you know what I mean they're they're gonna be in the championship hunt but also they might also be kind of like in the middle in that middle area like when when LeBron is gonna have to retire at some point who are they going to have to depend on who are they bringing up Bronny. Bronny falls to pick oh, when they tank right now. <laughs> no, they're tanking right now. They're tanking. Also, I just want to say real quick sidebar Bronny. Yeah, that's what they're going to do, Shrey. They're going to get both of them at the same time. <laughs> um, Bronny went from like not being a dunker to literally head at the rim. 
So I don't know what special sauce LeBron has been putting in his oatmeal in the morning, <laughs> but uh, he went from like a three-point shooter, you know, like yeah. solid player, but now he's like an athletic freak. So he definitely he definitely had a growth spurt, I think, or yeah. his vertic- a little bit, or his vertical, vertical just got better. Yeah. I don't think he's that much taller. He just yeah. went. I, I don't know if he spent the off season literally just jumping, but <laughs> yeah. just playing hopscotch. And he, he a hopscotch with a uh, little bit of SARMs, mm. you know, every time, every time you win, <laughs> you get, you get a needle <laughs> and no, I'm, I'm sorry. In no way am I insinuating that the kid's on steroids, just, just crazy to see that development that quickly. Yeah. So yeah, Lakers are not in a great place, but the wizards are, and you look at the wizards well, like, first... longevity wise, they're, they're in a good place. Like they're obviously gonna win but like it feels yeah. it feels like it, over the long term i don't really know where they kind of go other than ad so right we'll leave the lakers yeah no i i agree and you're right because the lakers aren't gonna stop they're not gonna stop winning because again right. lebron is back lebron is lebron ad is ad for sure it, it's it's one of those things tht i'm still very high on him I yeah i really like a really, really great player yeah um and then you know you have your your rondos and your dwight howards the guys aren't going to stop playing good basketball. They just probably probably won't be as efficient as they used to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, if I were them, to be honest, after the season, I'd try to flip Russ again. It's, it's, it's the only tough. thing I that con- I mean, because, the contract is just... Well, the contract is tough, but it's also like when he's splitting time with LeBron, when they literally, like, or hardly ever cannot be on the court at the same time, that's not a good scenario. What's you brought point? in a superstar for a superstar. You want them to be able to play with your other superstar if they yeah. can't. And that's kind of a lot. Really, Shrey? That's how I feel about the Celtics. Like mm. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, just they just don't play well at the same time. One or the other is great. Right now, JB's out, so JT's like, oh, okay, I'll play now. Right. But when they're both on the court, it, and that's a legitimate thing. It really is a legitimate thing. Like Some players just don't play well together. They can be great on their own but for a million different reasons when they're on the court at the same time it just might not be a good fit i mean it happens especially when you're that talented and you require a certain number of opportunities to you know show that talent and 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 produce for your team if you have two people like that on a team sometimes they like the games just don't fit as well and you we i think yudoka talked about staggering Jason and Jalen's minutes more right before the injury, obviously it, it can be an issue. Sometimes it ha it, it's definitely like worked for teams. Like we talked about the big threes, like those big threes were able to be on the court all at the same time and find their role. And, you know, not every, each one of them had to score 30 points to feel like they were, you know I mean? They weren't neglected. You know, the newer age, who knows if those big threes really can, you know, set their egos to the side and play for the team and not have to be that dominant to win. Yeah, every night. So absolutely. All right. So let's let's take a a trip across the United States and let's take a trip over to a completely different sport. We're talking about football for all of you football heads right now. We're going to talk about the land of clam chowder, New England, specifically the New England Patriots. Mm. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Shrey, I am impressed, I think. Yeah. 
is, I mean, th- those are my feelings. Is I- I'm impressed. We talked about it. I didn't think that New England was going to be that good, you know, going into the season. Not bad at all, but, you know, mm-hmm. this was what we described as a transition year. We're like, okay, they're going to try to figure some things out. They're going to see how good Mac Jones really is, like all this stuff. But over the past five games, man, their defense has been phenomenal. Mac Jones has thrown throws more than 10 yards. They're starting to, like, really figure out their own game plan. I, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Max. I I definitely had higher expectations just because of the offseason they that they had. You know, when you when you spend that sort of money in the offseason, right? Like $250 million. Your your goal is to win immediately. Like that's a statement type of move. You're not like if they had, you know, picked Mac Jones and you know, traded some, offloaded some of their veterans like McCourty and Hightower for some picks. Then I would have been like, yeah, Mac Jones is a little bit under, you know, he's not as under pressure as much to to perform being in a team where it's going under a transition here. But bringing in guys like Aguilar and Bourne, bringing in the defensive pieces that they had, like, you know, Barmore from the draft and Judon and, god chow and jalen mills and i was like oh okay like this is a lot of like and then you know on the offensive end you give mac jones hunter henry and and johnny smith i expected i expected a decent uh a decent year at least a wild card right like i feel like they should make the wild card with this team they're playing well enough you know where where they have some like I don't want to look too far in the future and you know jinx anything, but I feel like they should have their sights set on the division. That's how good they're playing. Mm-hmm. And right now, as of this moment, Max, they are in the lead by I think a half game of the division, which with, is yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, we talked, I mean, we talked about, and we looked at where they were at the beginning of the beginning of the season and we were having problems with the tight ends. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we're like, yeah. we're like, we're running a two tight end system, but like, you know, uh, what John U. Smith just like feels like just a step behind, you know, he's yeah. quick, but he's not strong enough. He's not blocking. Like he's not right. doing what he needs to do in the current system. Things started to change and we're like, Oh, well, Hunter Henry, like we need him to step up. He started getting those catches oh, though. He started getting those touchdowns. He, he's a force in the red zone now. Like they look exactly. for him. Exactly. He's the They're, and he's a big dude. He's a big yeah. dude and he's making it work, which is great. So they made the changes that we needed to see and they've stepped up against a lot of different, you know, opponents. Like they when they beat the Chargers, I was like, "Oh, okay." You know, they're that, they're coming to play. That was a shock for me. That, that was, was a shock, shock for, me. for me too cuz cuz again, Justin Herbert, where everybody's really high on him, he's playing really well. Then the Pats, you know, obviously they play the Panthers the week after. Kind of a given. Panthers aren't great, yeah. um, which is good. You know, it's a confidence thing. Also, the week before the Chargers, when we beat the Jets by 54 points, that, even though they're the Jets, I understand, that just says something about your offense, right? Because occasionally a team will play down to their competition. Mm-hmm. If we locked in and we said, no, we're going to just do our best the entire time for four quarters and we scored 54 points, that's a great sign to me. Blowouts yeah, are never a bad thing in my book. Never, especially with the team that's trying to regain confidence, like you said. Like, you know, having the year that they had last year, I don't think Belichick is going to take any ch- chances, first of all, 
to not score. And if they can score, they he wants to make a statement, right? His yeah. whole thing is the whole last year, they, you know, rightfully so too, you know, being that they had an opportunity to get a better quarterback last year. He got he got some flack, right? He got some flack. He got like he like people compared him to Brady and they were like, Oh, Brady's having the year that he's having. He went to the Super Bowl, he won the Super Bowl. Belichick didn't even make the playoffs, you know, six and nine, uh, seven and nine. You're like, ugh, like, where's this team going? I think Belichick is at people's necks this year. If he gets a chance to run the, run the scoreboard up, he's going to do it, right? And we already saw it with the Jets game. We saw it with the Browns game. And Max, I really want to talk about this Browns game because I think that's what's kind of like opening people's eyes to how good this team can be. Yeah, well, Trey, you know, the Browns and then the following week, the Falcons man a shutout a shutout against the atlanta falcons yeah that brought me back to to that super bowl (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, i wonder what else that they won but uh uh they 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 had 25 you know where were the number 25 Uh uh-huh uh-huh well okay i wonder if anyone's made that joke in the past couple weeks too (laughs) (laughs) well this is a falcons team that is not like incredibly cohesive yeah. Besides, you know, like the, the only bright spot to me is Corderell Patterson, a, yeah. an offensive god, but he's hurt. So grain of salt with that. At the same time, though, a complete shutout. You're telling me you couldn't even kick a field goal? Mm. Wow. It mm. says something about the New England defense. And I saw a stat where in the last 19 drives, and this is this is after the Falcons game. Right. In the last 19 drives, New England opponents have scored zero points. It's unbelievable. It's and and they they've given up a combined thirteen points in the last three games. Like, yeah, granted, two of their opponents are you know under five hundred teams, or you know what we expect to be under five hundred teams for the season: Panthers and Falcons. But any time that you're deep, yeah, the well, the Browns. That that's the game that I I I, I mentioned as you know being an eye opener for me because that defense is no joke. Yeah, like. You got guys like Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, like they're Pro Bowl players. And Miles Garrett is having a career year in sacks. He's going to have one. He's leading the league in sacks. They kind of stymied him. Like he didn't really have an effect on this game. And for Mac Jones, you know, get the ball out quickly. His tight ends to play well. Like I think Henry had two touchdowns in that game. And you can run all over the all over the Browns, right? Like Ramondre Stevenson is coming into his own. Like he was in the doghouse for the first couple of weeks, and yeah, now he now he looks like a franchise running back, which is he like did hundred yards. He did one hundred yards against the Browns. Insane that de- that defense should not be giving up hundred yards. And Ramondre Stevenson ran all like I really like this kid. Like I don't know, like I don't usually like. Um, this is why I don't really like like high highly picked running backs like especially if you're like first round running backs like you can find guys like this in the in the back end of the draft like Ramondre Stevens is a fourth round pick and he's playing like a first rounder like these yeah. guys come up and you just have to find the value in yeah. the pick right especially in a passing league you don't have to extend yourself for the Sony Michelle which they did right now you see how bad of a pick <laughs> that was because Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris can can make up for it like in a split right like right it's like brandon bolden is is who 
like has been on this team for what seems like a decade. I don't know how this team. I think he. Uh, someone check his contract. He must have a lifelong contract or something. <laughs> I don't know what, but he's playing a career year. Like he's like become James White this year. So like yeah. when you have guys that can play like this, you just have to like Belichick is so good at finding the value in guys that you don't have to extend yourself for players that don't really fit the the value at that pick. Dude, so that's I kind cannot, of a, you know, an off rent, but that's why I like people like Ramondre Stevenson because they just ball out. So yeah, straight, and that's a great point about Belichick finding the talent. And you know what the Pats kind of remind me of? They kind of remind me of the Golden State Warriors. In the mm. fact that, like, we are a franchise that wins because we mm. have good coaching and good executives, and we take, we hold on to some top talent, and then when things go a little awry, i.e., you know, Tom Brady leaving, i.e., Steph Curry and Clay's injuries, you take a couple years, you take a year or two to just be like, all right, we're going to reevaluate, and then that year where you're like, all right, we're actually doubling down, we're going to come back, you yeah. come back, like, wow, I you I picking expect- your spots, That's you're picking key. Your- yeah, you're right. Because last year, again, Cam Newton, people were like, uh, blah, 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 we don't know. It, yeah. That's fine. We tried him out. Didn't work. And straight, it all makes sense now. This is why they cut him at the beginning of the season. Yeah. They literally, and that's why people were upset. You know, we were even like, well, dude, why don't you just give him a chance? Belichick was like, no, <laughs> I've already seen what he can do. He's not going to do it for us. I'm going to go in on this young guy. We're going to make sure he learns because he's got the potential. And we, we went all in with our other positions because that was the big question mark. When we were like, oh, is Cam Newton going to start? That's the one thing we're concerned about. I'm sure Belichick was too. Cuts him and then just completely turns things around. Wow. Yeah, and I really like um, Brian Hoyer. Not in the the play aspect because I think he stinks. But... <laughs> He, I feel like he's one of these guys that could turn around to like when he retires, become like a quarterback coach. Cause like I've seen a couple times where, you know, Mac Jones gets down on himself. Like he can be kind of uh, outwardly emotional on the sideline sometimes when he makes a bad play. Like you can see it, the cameras catch him and he's like, you know, he's spewing F bombs and like angry at himself and he's kicking himself. Like, right. Like, which is like honest, but also like, you know what I mean? Like it happens. Like you just gotta like you know, go on to the next play. And I, Brian Hoyer kind of like kind of brings him up a little bit. Like hey, like it's all good, dude. Like yeah, like you can see he goes. He's like the first guy that talks to Mac Jones uh, before McDaniel's kind of shows him the plays. And I really like him kind of being that veteran para, uh, veteran presence. That's something that we were kind of confused about when Cam Newton got cut. Like why is it Cam Newton coming back as a backup like yeah maybe he wouldn't want it but like cam newton outwardly said afterwards right like on the funky friday thing that he does um i would you know i would have taken a backup job but it seems like it felt like you know they wanted a guy that plays kind of the way that mac jones is pocket passer that has that veteran presence that's why they brought back brian hoyer and they said hey like we're, we're all in on mac jones like you said and we don't need some uh we don't need cam newton to be that presence because it feels like we're doubling up. We don't need two of those guys. We'll keep Hoyer. And right. The, it's kind of done a wonder for Mac Jones' confidence, I feel. Like, just having that guy. It, yeah. it, you can't say enough about having some, a veteran for a rookie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Well, 
full steam ahead on the on the New England train. Uh, really, really happy with how they've been playing, and we'll just see where we go from here. Do I think that we're going to finish the season undefeated? Um, you know, like from this point out, no, yeah. <laughs> for sure not. But getting a good spot in the playoffs would mean an exciting postseason at the very least. Yeah, and we have a big stretch coming up too. Two games against the Bills. We have the bye. We have a Titans That's, game, and yeah. we have a Colts team that just absolutely crapped on the Buffalo Bills. Absolutely crapped on the Buffalo Bills. Like Jonathan Taylor is the best back in the league right now with Derrick Henry uh, not on the field. So we're we're in for uh, a big test. Like this is this is you know you did all your uh, homeworks and your little review sessions and now we're now we're ready for the exam is this or is it time like this is it so this is the final exam right here this is the big stretch so we'll have to see where the patriots go from here in the next you know three four games so yeah absolutely all right so let's go to everybody's favorite segment i keep saying everybody's favorite segment but i think it's just mine we have our last (laughs) and final gauntlet of all time that's it we're done we're canceling the segment just kidding (laughs) <laughs> we're doing our last quarterback gauntlet our last division is what is it trey it's the afc south it's the afc south max and uh yay this is probably the best division in football <laughs> kidding <laughs> but uh, we gotta do it anyway right like we gotta uh, you know we, we gotta tough it out sometimes you gotta eat your greens uh so hey, you know what bosses- greens are Greens are incredibly underrated, and I think the only oh, reason sure. is just like people just don't. If you, man, if I, I, you know, my mom is a great cook, and and shout out mom if you're listening to this, I uh, love you very much. You're, she's a great cook, and I think just the perception of what it is as a kid is like it's just it's it's inherently negative. But if you can cook them the right way, where like kids will like them, I think it could be a win because like as your taste changes and as it develops, like you just pretty much like. I, pretty much everybody I know is like grown into liking vegetables, but if you can like mix it up where it's like a little bit, I guess you can't make vegetables sweet or maybe like, you know, like a caramelized carrot or something. I feel Mm -hmm. like that'd be a lot easier to digest as a child versus like a really like, you know, savory or like a drier veggie that you have as an adult. For sure. You don't have to ask me twice. I was just pandering to the masses because I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) That's all I eat. So I was, you know, know, I'm a simpleton for a good joke. So, well, right. Right, but you know that there's a million different ways to cook a vegetable. Oh, for sure. But some people don't know how. uh, My mom and I were just talking about this, that, uh, you you know, uh, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. He had a thing where he went to India, and he kind of had this kind of preconceived bias of uh, vegetarian food, like, not being good. And then he went to India, and he had this – he had these dishes from for uh he had these indian dishes that are all vegetarian and he felt like nothing should bad like like if he wouldn't have known that they didn't have meat in them like that's how good they were so like that you there's a ton of different spices a ton of different gravies and uh non carnivorous additives that could be added no. that uh that you know keep something vegetarian and keep it healthy and keep it tasting good too so you don't have to. You don't have to ask me twice. I will eat absolutely. I anything won't. vegetarian. So. I won't. I'm not asking again. 
Oh, yeah, don't ask me twice. Don't That's ask it. me three I'm not, times. I'm not going to ask. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my goodness. <laughs> no. All right, Shrey, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the AFC South. I, You know, everybody's cut. I cut everyone. Uh, probably uh, the best option. <laughs> I w- I, it's not even on the table, but I would have given it to you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> also, for those of you who don't know, if this is your first episode, we do a segment that we have created called The Gauntlet. It is our version of Start Bench Cut, where one player gets the golden egg, the highest award possible, two players get a spot on our bench, and one player gets cut and goes to work at Home Depot to never play professional sports ever again. Yep. So with that, Shrey, who's going to Home Depot? Who's on the list? So the list is the Titans. Their quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. The Colts, their quarterback is Carson Wentz. The Jacksonville Jaguars uh, have their rookie Trevor Lawrence and the Houston Texans, uh, my favorite franchise. Uh, no, they're not my favorite franchise. <laughs> Their quarterback is currently Tyrod Taylor, uh, but they have Davis Mills. So I will give you the option to to pick who you who you'd want of those two. So they either have Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills. So Max, oh. what are we doing? Oh What's my the move? God. <laughs> Oh my God, who's? Oh, this is a good way to end the gauntlet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a big steaming dump. <laughs> Trace, okay, this is literally my decision this week: is who is the worst? Who's like worst? Who's like mm. the least worst? Yeah, I think there's a clear. I think there's a clear start. Do you not feel the same way, or do you feel yeah, like Trevor maybe- Lawrence? That's a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you heard my you heard my silence, didn't you? <laughs> silence is you know more deafening. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> uh, uh, are you are you gonna start Carson Wentz? Am I? No, 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 no. We're, we're asking you, Max. I will, I will, uh, I will answer <sighs> after you. Straight, I don't know. I, to me, you're, no, you're the guinea pig on this. Straight, <laughs> to me, there is no clear start here. Um, okay, okay. I mean, uh, honestly, not a bad take, but also, uh, you gotta make one. Okay. Uh, also, the Titans head coach said the, our offense was our own worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good sign, right? <laughs> oh. Uh. Uh, Dude, man, yeah, uh, Derrick Henry really is the Titans' offense. It, it it kind of has been showing the past couple past couple games. Uh, man, they lost to the Houston Texans, and it's kind of unbelievable uh, as an eight and two team to lose to a team that bad. But they did, and so now didn't. you're uh, knowing that information, Max. You're you're to make a decision on your quarterback choice. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, mm. okay. I guess, dude, do you guess or do you know? I know trace. I don't know. This is the most, this is the most ambiguous gauntlet I've ever done. Cause as we speak, I'm just like rushing through stats to try to find something that could back up any decision. I'm crying. Oh my god. Oh my god. Every time you're in a frenzy because you literally can't pick, 
because they're all bad. That's my favorite. They're so moment. bad. And I'm glad. I don't want any of them anywhere near my franchise. The Baltimore Beaters is my football team. That's 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 who I love. That's my that's my own franchise that I'm going to make. The Baltimore Beaters. The the <laughs> What's Baltimore the mascot? Beaters. Uh, it's just a guy with boxing gloves. He just beats the crap out of his opponent. <laughs> um, oh, no, it's just the, it's just a big B emoji. A big like not, B. Yeah, not like the animal. You know, like the B in the oh, red. the B emoji. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. when when people replace letters for with B, with so they can say like bussin and stuff. But, yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, God. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right i'm gonna start okay you know who gets the golden egg begrudgingly unfortunately okay. yeah it's i'm gonna carson wentz okay he's he he's my golden egg because he's been in the league for a while i don't want him to you know continue with my team into the future mm-hmm. but i think for this year for this year, I just know that he's not going to like absolutely like implode. Mm. I I think he's going to make plenty of mistakes and he's not the best at all by any means. But that's who I'm going to that's that's who I'm going to give. It's it's like I want to give him not a golden egg. I want to give him like a rusted bronze egg. <laughs> Cuz I don't exactly cuz I don't really like believe in him, but if I'm going to just get somebody to like tie me over, I mm-hmm. think I'm going to do Carson Wentz. Like he played for Philly, he was fine. You know, he he's he, he's fine. He's yeah. he's truly fine. Uh on my bench I'm going to take, you know, okay, also for the Texans, I'm just going to take I'm going to take Davis Mills just cuz he's younger. Um okay. I mean, Terod Taylor. You could Oh god, just nobody's good. I mean, Davis Mills is 1300 yards this season, so I mean, that's not bad. Not, yeah, most bad. of us most of them against us. <laughs> i know it was like it was like every game is like 50 100 patriots 312 <laughs> uh dude i like do i want to keep ryan Tannehill? do i want to keep trevor lawrence i don't i'm not a fan of trevor lawrence mm. i i don't know I, well i think i think he could be fine you know trevor lawrence because he's so young and i can believe in him he's gonna go on my bench i'll take Terod taylor i'll put him on my bench and Ryan Tannehill, I don't see him doing anything uh, much. Like, do you think he peaked? Do yes. you think we've seen? Do you think we've seen yes. the best of Ryan he's Tannehill? 30, yes, absolutely. He's thirty-three right now. Mm-hmm. He's thirty-three. It's all downhill from here, buddy. I just, yeah. I, I think, yes, we've seen the best. You know, he thirty about thirty thousand yards in his career, almost two hundred touchdowns. Like that's that's solid, but like, I don't think he's going to like, that's it. I think where he's at is where he's at. He had four picks against the Texans defense. That is disgusting. He had four picks. It, Ugh, like, that's not good. Yeah. Four interceptions against the Texans. You've thrown, I mean, this season, Trey, he's thrown eight interceptions and 12 touchdowns. <laughs> you're, 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 you're on your, you're on your way to the, the Jameis Winston 30 for 30. <laughs> You know, obviously not that bad, but like I don't know. I just it's can't not, get by. It's not a good year for him. It's definitely not been a good year to the Texans really have been showing flaws when they're running game. They're so built on the running game that it's tough to quit, right? Like even though they don't have Derrick Henry, 
they feel like, okay, we'll bring in Peterson. McNichols, he didn't play in this game, but he's there. And Deontay Foreman, right? Like, he's a little, he's younger. Like, he's a little bit of a bruising back. Let's try to replicate it with more of a committee. And you, you can't really replicate 2,000 yards of Derrick Henry. Like, he might have been, <laughs> he might, it's kind of tough, right? Like, he was about to be like the second 2,000 yard season. Like, I, for sure, like, he would have been 2,000 if he wasn't right. hurt. When you're when you're depending on that, and then Julio, obviously you can't depend on the hamstring, and then AJ Brown good you know leaves in the Texans game, and you're kind of dependent on Nick Westbrook, Ikein, Ikein, Akine, I don't know, and it's showing some flaws for this Texans team. Like I don't know, I don't really blame you. For like, if I feel like people will, will listen to you and be like, "Oh, you can't," you're, you're can't. gonna look at Davis Mills, the interception machine, and be like, "What the hell are you saying?" Yeah, yeah. I, I I understand that. You know what I mean? Like but, people, I, I don't think people should like people like will be like, "Oh, why are you benching or why aren't you benching Ryan Tannehill or why like he shouldn't be deserved to go to Home Depot?" But like also, th- this isn't a great lot of quarterbacks. Like I don't think any decision is that bad if you picked right. Like. I don't know. I, I'm only, you know, I'm it's only like going to but it's also Mills. not. I'm only it's putting Lawrence there. and Mills on my team because they're young, and I, mm-hmm. I think that they can develop. Like Tannehill is. This was the same argument when we talked about uh, the Steelers. We're like Big Ben. He's done what he's going to do. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Like there's no point in continuing to stick around. Like his era is over. Yeah, and I don't see him bringing home a chip. Mm. You know. Yeah, like, that's it. Let's go. Let's transition to the young guys. Yeah. Let's see what they can do. You know, Tannehill. They gave him a big contract. They put all they put they put their money on him. So they got him for a, I think two more years. They got a couple more years with him, and so and we may have seen the best of him. But um, mo- like moving on to my my uh, my picks, I, I would I would start Ryan Tannehill right now. I know. He's not been great this year. I just think he's 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 shown flashes of what he can do from a running standpoint. Like I think they depend on him more at the goal line now. They, you've seen a lot of draw plays and uh, you know bootlegs that he just kind of takes into the end zone now because they don't have that running option. He's still throwing yards. Like yeah, the turnovers have been have been up this year. I think he levels out a little bit more. If he doesn't, then, you know, this can blow up in my face and this, you know, he shouldn't deserve any of any praise that I'm giving him in this, in this little section right here. But for the time being, I think he is the best quarterback of this lot. He's the most proven quarterback of this lot. I would take him right now. And that's just me on the bench. I'm going to go. I'm gonna go Wentz and Lawrence, and I lo- I like Tyrod Taylor. I would pick Tyrod Taylor in this group over Davis Mills. I think he's severely underrated, and uh, he's a he's like a 500 quarterback. Like he he's not bad. He's a he's a like I would take him as a bridge quarterback on my team any day, and you can see he he knows how to kind he knows how to win a little bit. Like he's not. 
He's a dual threat quarterback. He can throw the football pretty well, right? He just he's just the the butt of some unfortunate events in his career, right. where every time he gets an opportunity, he some doctor is stabbing him in the lungs, or he just gets injured, and then the new guy is already there, and then they, he just gets the opportunity and runs with it, right? Like Baker Mayfield and. Justin Herbert. Right. And we thought Davis Mills, right? Like he got hurt and then Davis Mills got a couple starts and we thought, oh man, this is going to happen again. But Tyrod Taylor is showing you that he can win football games against teams that you're like, wow, like the Texans beat the Titans. Right. Regardless of their condition, that's a good team. That's a good defense. And that's a good, that, that, that should be a good offense with, with Tannehill at the helm. Right. I, I like Tyrod Taylor, but I mean, I just had to pick. I just had to pick the the young guy in this scenario, and I don't. I, I don't really like Lawrence, but I, I. You know what? I'm gonna switch it. I'm gonna switch it. I like Tyler. I'm gonna put Tyrod Taylor on my bench. I'm a bench. I'm a. I'm gonna put Lawrence. He's the number one pick, but I don't give a crap about the number one pick. The number one, like that, doesn't mean anything to me. You're like, like, yeah, let's you start just, playing some games. Case. You just spent two minutes talking about. You're like, yeah, you know what? I really like. I like Tyrod Taylor. And like, yeah, oh, I, I, I just, I, I push yeah, myself Lawrence, into it. Yeah, no, that's push, fine. Trevor Lawrence can go. He's like Trey. This was the worst. Yeah. This was the worst. Like anybody can go. Anybody can go. He's in, and Lawrence is one of those things where I feel like this, this is one of those years where if there was no Lawrence, it would have been an easier decision for the Jaguars to make. But because Lawrence was so touted and had that like pedigree with him, right? Like his college careers that was insane. And he was on one of the best teams in, in in college football for three years, and you know he plays so well. They had to almost like were forced into making that pick because of like that FOMO. Like you can't just pick the best player. You had to you had to pick the most highly touted player. I don't right. know how much he. I, I don't know how much he has in terms of vision in the NFL. I feel like it's it's a little bit too fast for him right now. So as yeah. of this moment, still, still, Trey, still, yeah. Here's the thing though. It's like you I look at Mac Jones. Mac Jones wasn't as great as he was right now, but he was able to develop and adjust to the game, right? And he wasn't a number. What he was like Alabama's third quarterback for. Yeah, he started out that way. Yeah. He was their third. Right, exactly. Trevor Lawrence was like the guy. And For now, again, you have nine interceptions. Like you are just, just like you just, you're just not ready for it. And apparently, according to articles, various sources, mm-hmm. there is tension between the coaching staff and Lawrence himself. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if you have Urban Meyer as a coach, that tool. Jesus, man, <sighs> he's not, he's not fit for the NFL. He's one of these guys that's going to be on the, a list of top 10 coaches that should have stayed in football. Like, yeah, put Urban Meyer on that list. He's not fit for, for NFL football. He's not a leader of men. He's a leader of college boys. It's, it's facts. Like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, even if the team is not good, the team should be more disciplined and he's not even disciplined to coach him. Right. So it's ridiculous. So yeah, I, I could definitely see some internal turmoil people not liking him. They didn't like him from the get-go. They didn't like how he coached in the preseason and his his tactics and his strategy and like how he, you know, practices players and stuff, especially veterans. Like he doesn't, you know, usually they kind of get they know what to do, but he kind of treats everyone the same and the veterans kind of get pull, you know, you know, pushed back by it. 
for me, Lawrence, yeah, like there's no adjustment right now. Obviously, he's going to be better. But is he ever going to live up to the number one pick? It's tough to say right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if he drops to like out of the five quarterbacks ever picked in the first round. If he's like third, I wouldn't be surprised at that. But he's the number one pick because of the 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 echelon that he was it was in in college, and he, they just couldn't pass up on him. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I'm I'm not the the kid is obviously a talent. He's like six four, six five. He's a rocket arm. He's got to figure some things out. I don't know if he's ever going to be like the, like Peyton Manning was the first overall pick. Like he's not going to, I don't think he's going to ever going to be like that. And we'll, we'll see from there. Peyton Manning got a really bad first year too. Right. So right now, if I'm picking right now, I'll pick Tyrod Taylor. I think he's just a better pro right now. So. Yep. And that is that. Well, yeah, no, sure. I agree. And I think that you could have just, you, we, whatever we could have this whole segment. <laughs> you know <laughs> now wrong I just yeah this that that was the tough that was our hardest gauntlet but That's what a way to go out but don't worry folks there will be more gauntlets uh we're gonna do some maybe some basketball ones maybe some historical ones there there's more yeah. coming the gauntlet is not dead it is very much alive it's just gonna have a little reconstructive surgery <laughs> yeah no. but uh yeah that <laughs> is that and this has been the episode so if you're listening this far you are a real one. Thank you very much. And you've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace.